Welcome to the root of all success with the real Jason Duncan, a podcast that explores how the world's most powerful entrepreneurs unlocked success and how their stories can help you do the same. A successful educator turned entrepreneur, Jason has built multi-million dollar businesses that have been featured in Inc. Magazine and Entrepreneur Magazine. His life's mission now is helping entrepreneurs live what he calls hashtag the exit lifestyle. Introducing TEDx speaker, mastermind leader, author, entrepreneur, cigar aficionado, motorcycle enthusiast, and host of the root of all success, the real Jason Duncan. The real Jason Duncan. Hey, welcome back to another episode of The Root of All Success. I am the real Jason Duncan, and it's an honor to be with you today here in this episode. And I especially want to welcome my YouTube viewers. This is a uh, this particular video, maybe more than the rest, as a podcast episode is going to be really important for you to go check out on YouTube. So go to youtube.com slash The Real Jason Duncan and look for the playlist called The Root of All Success. And you can watch all my past episodes. I'm approaching episode 200 at this point. So I'm really happy that you're here today. It's just going to be you and me. I'm going to go through something. This is a hot topic for a lot of entrepreneurs. And this topic is about hiring. How do you find the right employees? How do you hire the right employees? How do you train and onboard those right employees? And then probably more than anything else, how do you, how do you retain those employees? I've been a business coach for a while now, and I've been a successful multi-million dollar business owner for the last 13, 14 years. And I've seen that one of the biggest problems that entrepreneurs have, as business owners have, is, is this issue of hiring, finding the right talent. And what ends up happening is it's a doom loop. You don't find the right person or you hire the wrong person, and you end up doing more and more of the work yourself because, after all, you do it better than everybody else. The problem with that is that creates something I call the hero syndrome. And I write about this in my book, Exit Without Exiting. If you haven't checked that out, I want you to go check that out. The link is going to be on the screen for you to check out this book, Exit Without Exiting. This is an international best-selling book. Uh, you can get a free copy on my website at therealjasonduncan.com slash free book. All you got to do is pay for shipping and handling. But, uh, but I write about this idea and I talk about it with my clients all the time about what it looks like to hire the right people. Because if you hire the right people, and you train them correctly, onboard them correctly, you will be able to retain them. And what that allows you to do is allows you to exit without exiting, which is what I teach entrepreneurs how to do it. That's how to get out of the weeds of daily operations without selling the company. So in today's episode of the podcast, I'm going to share with you a free resource. I'm going to go through the whole resource right here on the podcast and the show today, but you're going to be able to, at the end, I'm going to give you a link and you're going to be able to go download this entire PDF resource completely for free, my gift to you. And then you can ref reference this by going back and listening to this episode again. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over 10 steps to hire new team members. I'm going to show you exactly what it looks like to find, to hire, to onboard, and to retain top talent. There are 10 steps. If you want to take notes, you can write these down. Uh, they're going to be appear on the screen. And of course, at the very end of the show, I'm going to give you the link so you can go to my website and download this resource for free, 100% for free, no strings attached. You don't have to book a call. You don't have to do anything. You just put your name, your email, your information in there, and we'll send this resource to you 100% for free. 
for free. So step number one on the 10 steps to hire new team members is write an ad. <laughs> now, now this may sound well, duh, Jason, I have to write an ad in order to place it on Indeed or Monster or Craigslist or LinkedIn or wherever you're going to post that ad. You got to write the ad. But here's, here's the problem with writing ads is that most people just write the ad, plain vanilla, no personality. They don't have it in the voice of the owner or the voice of the company. It's just plain. Now, you might say, well, what's wrong with that? Well, here's what's wrong with that. If, if you're the person looking for the job and you're looking at, uh, at job ads one after the other after the other, I mean, you remember back when you used to look for jobs, you would go and you'd, you'd open up whatever platform you were looking at and you probably read 20 or 30 or maybe 50 or more job posts in one sitting just to try to find that one that you're like, ooh, I want to apply for this one. So if you want to find and hire the right team members, it starts with writing a great ad. You got to write a good ad that's personalized, make sure it has your voice and your personality and a very clear how to apply message at the bottom of your ad. Because a lot of times what happens is people will go to Indeed, which is the most popular platform right now, not necessarily the best, but the most popular. And people will read that ad and they'll hit that big button that says apply, but they don't read your instructions on how to apply. Like maybe I need a resume, maybe I need a cover letter, maybe I need three references, or maybe I need you to video yourself doing something. Whatever that is, make sure it has a clear how to apply. Now, the top three things that you need to cover in your ad are as follows. What I'm about to tell you, by the way, are the top three reasons why anyone will work for you and will stay working for you. And you need to remember this. This is a universal law. They're going to work for you for three, three reasons, and your ad has to outline these three reasons. Number one is opportunity. What is the opportunity? People want an opportunity more than anything else. So explain to them what the opportunity is, not just the job that they're applying for. Be specific about the opportunity. Number two is recognition. People want to be recognized. They want to know that the company they work for cares for them. So how are you going to recognize them? Tell them in the ad. And number three is the financial side of it. People want money, but, but not as much as they want opportunity or recognition. Now, I understand this is a delicate, uh, delicate issue about posting money. And, and you may not be able to post your compensation. I get it. But you need to address it in some way. Just saying, I offer a competitive salary. That, that's not enough. But, but be as specific as you can. Now, one of the things that I like to do, which I'll explain in step two, is I give more information about the compensation in the form, the application form. But before I get into step two, I want to review step one. Number one is write an ad. Make sure you spend the time to do this. If you need to hire a copywriter to write your ad, do it. Don't just go with the plain vanilla ad or you're going to get a ton of crappy applicants who didn't read the ad. They don't care about you. They don't care about your company. They might have hit the apply button, but when you reach back out, they're not going to respond. They're not going to show up for the interviews. They're not going to send you the data because they clicked on your ad just like they clicked on 50 others in the same day. Take the time to write and craft a really good ad in your voice. All right, step two. Step two is set up an application form. Now, what I like to do is I use Google Forms because it's free and you can attach it to Excel. You can use Typeform or Jotform. It doesn't matter, but, but what you want to do is you want to create a form to receive applications. And these are free to use in most cases. You shouldn't have to pay. If you have a Google account, 
that's free. Typeform has a free version. Eh, maybe they don't. I don't know. Jotform has a free version. But you shouldn't have to pay for these forms. Now, using, what the, using these forms as a device is a lot easier on you as the entrepreneur looking at these applications because it eliminates the need for these resumes that you're probably not going to read or other documents that are sent via email that you may or may not read. Now, you do want those documents, and I'll talk about that later, but, but this application form is vital. This is probably the best step in all of these to get you the right type of applicants for your job. Now, on that, on that application form, you're going to ask for the standard stuff. You're going to ask for their name, their, their address. You're going to ask them you know, what their sex, their phone number, their date of birth, all the stuff that you need to know for someone for the position. Now, the, the standard stuff. But then you could get a little bit more creative. So what you might ask, what was it that made you want to apply for this position in the first place? And give them a blank that they can type it in. Uh, you may ask them on a scale of one to five, what is your skill level on X? And then list that is, and you give them a scale of one to five and let them check it. Uh, you may need to ask about their physical ability, depending upon the nature of the work. Can you lift 100 pounds repeatedly every day, all day long, or, or whatever it might be? Uh, now, obviously, you got to follow the equal opportunity employment laws. Don't break any employment laws. And to consult your employment attorney for more information, because I am not one and not giving legal advice in this. But you can ask all the questions you want. I ask things, now, again, depending upon the type of job. I wouldn't do this for my electricians that I'm hiring. But if I'm hiring a white-collar worker in the office or a salesperson or administrative assistant, I'd ask things like, what, what are the top three books that you've read in the last five or six years? Or um, who is your favorite leader and why? Um, you know, I, I ask those questions because I want to know what they're thinking and how they think through it. Obviously, the higher the level of the job, you want to require a cover letter and you want to encourage them to, to write a cover letter and to submit it specifically about your job. And so what you could put in the application form is something like, hey, you're going to need to fill out, you're going to need to submit a cover letter. Do you understand? And here are the things I'm looking for. Yes or no. And I even go so far as to say in the application form, do you understand that if you don't submit a cover letter by P in PDF format, within 48 hours of submitting this form, you will not be considered for this position. Do you understand yes or no? And if they click yes, it doesn't guarantee they're gonna send the cover letter like you requested, but at least it, it prompts them to make sure that they're on the right track to get you the types of things you need. Now, of course, to the, the resume, if you want to receive a resume, which I think is a good idea just because it gives you some sense of context, you know, where they went to school, where they've been working, et cetera you can request that too. Now for me, I always request a, a two page or no, no longer than a two page resume, a one page cover letter that specifically addresses the job. Those have to be in PDF format sent to my email address and I put it in there. And this, what this does, this form, as opposed to the ad, this form allows you to go a little bit deeper. So for example, from the compensation, which we mentioned earlier, you can actually outline in that form something like this, a question that says, I understand that the compensation for this position will be somewhere between forty and sixty thousand dollars, depending upon experience. And they have to click that button that they read that and go to the next one. That way, there's no surprises later. Let's take a quick break to thank our amazing sponsors for making this podcast possible. Hey, I want to talk with you about one of my favorite tools as a salesperson and as an entrepreneur, and that tool is Dub. I want you to imagine for a minute getting an email from somebody 
And instead of just being the plain old crappy text in an email, rather than just having a bunch of HTML where it's pictures and stuff, what if it was a video and the video had a little GIF and it was playing right there in the email as soon as you opened it and it had your name, like it said, hello, Jason, check this out. And then you clicked play and it played right there in your inbox in the window and it was somebody trying to tell you how great you are, or how awesome they can help you, how good they can help you out. That is the power of video emails. I want you to try Dub out. I've been using it for years. I have closed countless millions of dollars in sales over the last six years or so using Dub. And you can do it too. All you got to do is go to therealjasonduncan.com slash Dub. That's D-U-B-B. TheRealJasonDuncan.com slash Dub. Dub will help you make an impact in your sales through video. It's going to help you with, they've even got a CRM built into it. You can build landing pages. You can do campaigns, even SMS campaigns. You can set up automations to manage workflows and maximize conversions. And like I said, they've got an existing software platform inside Dub to take your CRM to the next level. Try this out. Get a free special just by being a listener to the podcast. Go to therealjasonduncan.com slash dub. Get two weeks to try it for free and 50% off your first two months. That's therealjasonduncan.com slash dub. Thanks for listening to our sponsors. Now, back to the show. I like doing it in the form as opposed to the ad because you could get these tire kickers who just read ads and they're they're only applying for jobs that pay a hundred grand, two hundred grand, or forty whatever their whatever their need is. So if you only mention slight information about the compensation in the ad and then reveal more of the compensation details in the form, it helps you a lot more to weed out people that aren't interested. So for example, if somebody understands that your position only pays between 40 and 60. For example, you're not going to have somebody show up. Well, there's still idiots out there. I, I concede that. But you're not going to have somebody show up and say, oh, well, if this is not a $200,000 job, I'm not, I'm not interested. It, it weeds that stuff out. So on Google Forms, you need to make sure that your form is private and won't be sent to the other applicants <laughs> upon completion. And the reason I say that is because I screwed up one time and I did that. I actually forgot to turn it on private. And I clicked the wrong button and all my applicants were getting all of the other applicants information. I caught it really fast. So I think only like two people saw it, but, um, but don't do that. That's a dumb move. You should be the only one who receives that form after the applicant hits submit. And if you set it up properly, you can get that form to email you a notification that says, Hey, somebody filled out your application form. So step one is write the ad, make sure it's good. Step two, set up your application form. Step three, post your ad. Now, where you post it, of course, is up to you. Recently, I've been having a lot of uh, a lot of success with Indeed. Uh, historically, that's not been the case, but recently it's working. And I'm recording this video in September of 2023, so it's been working for me of late. I I had a lot of success about 10 years ago uh, with LinkedIn. I heard a lot of really amazing people by doing LinkedIn job posts. Uh, and believe it or not, even over the last Three or four years, I've had a lot of success with Craigslist. Man, and people say, well, that, that's crazy. You only you get murdered if you post an ad on Craigslist. Listen, if you do this all the right way, it does weed out a lot of folks. I've got a person on my team right now that I hired through Craigslist, and he is poss quite possibly one of the best people I've had on my team in the last five years. 
So don't discount Craigslist. Now, there are other ones like Zip, Zip Recruiter or Monster. I don't mess with those personally. That doesn't mean you can't. They, they're probably fantastic. But wherever you think you can find your people, go post that ad there. And take into consideration the cost of placing those ads. Depending upon the, the nature of that position, you may need to spend a lot more money to get those eyeballs. Or if it's a low-paid position, you might not want to pay as much for it. So post that ad. Now, step four is you're going to review applications. Now, here's the coolest thing about that application form. So if you've written the ad, you've written, you've created an application form, and you've also posted that in a good place, as applications start coming in, you get to review them. So what I do on Google Forms, I get those. And my Google Form application, if I print it with, the re with all of the answers that the candidate filled out, it's typically about 12 or 13 pages of paper. It's really not that much information. It's just the way it's formatted. It takes up a lot of room. And I guess we could talk about the technical details around that, of course. But it, 12 or 13 pages. It actually works out well for me because now I print it out. I staple it. John Doe. I see you know, their phone number. I see where they live. And I can calculate how far from the office they are by looking at their address. I see how old they are. I see they're a man or woman. I can see, uh, you know, other things about their, their salary requirements, whatever, whatever I've asked, I can see it immediately. And what I do is I go through and I just make notes on each question. Ooh, I need to ask about this. I'll circle it or I'll make a note. And then when I get done, I go back and I score that application uh, out of one to 10, you know, and if it's 10, Hey, this on paper, this person is perfect uh, on one. Mm, I ain't doing it. So if an applicant scores six or more points, you probably go to the next section but uh, which I'll talk about in just a minute. But this review of these applications is really, really, really important. You wanna make sure that you review them, you read them, all the answers, start getting a flavor, a good sense. You see it's, you'll see their personality. Um, now don't be too critical because some people are better at creative writing than others, but, but make sure you, you go through that application and review it. Now, if you, <laughs> If you move to step five, which is the phone call, there's a very specific way you're going to do this. All right. Are you ready? So let's go to step five. So step five is the phone call. So once you've identified a potential candidate, what you're going to do is you're going to, uh, what I like to do is do an unscheduled 15 minute phone call with this person. So if John Doe is my applicant, I've read, uh, I've read that. You know, I've read that information and I want to call John Doe. So I'm going to call John Doe because he's got his phone number in the application form. I'm going to call him out of the blue. Now you may be saying, well, wait a minute. What, what happens to the ones that I don't want to call back? What, what about those people? What do I do with them? Do I just ignore them and ghost them? No, don't do that. You need to make sure before you go through and call the people you want that you let the people go that you don't want. And here is something. This is actually this sentence or two is in the document that you can get for free. If you listen all the way to the end of this podcast, I'm going to give you the link to go to that. But I want you to say something like this in an email back to them. Thank you so much for your interest in this position with my company. We appreciate you taking the time to fill out the application form. We've chosen not to proceed, uh, or excuse me, we've chosen to proceed with another candidate who's a better fit for this opportunity, but we wish you the best. That's a pretty good, easy breakup. It doesn't make them feel bad about themselves. It just says, hey, somebody else was more qualified and we're pursuing that, right? Now, you've done that and you've weeded that out and you want to call the John Does. You say, hey, John, here's what we want to do. Now, here's what you're going to say on this 15-minute unscheduled call. If they answer, what you want to say is, 
something to the effect of, you know, he answers the phone. Hey, John, this is the real Jason Duncan with TRJD Enterprises. I understand you applied for a sales position with my company. I know we didn't schedule this phone call, but do you have 15 minutes or so to chat? And what I found is, is that most of the times when I do that, probably uh, eight or nine times out of 10, they're like, sure, let's go. What's going to happen next is going to be great. Again, depending upon the level of the position, it gives you the opportunity to see how they think on their feet. They're not prepped for this. They didn't get themselves psyched up for it. They don't have their notes in front of them. You might've caught them at the grocery store or wherever. And you just want to ask them a few questions about why they're interested in the position. So you'd say something like, Hey man, thanks for your interest in the position. Based on your answers, I get a sense that you might be a good fit, but I want to talk for just a few minutes first. And if at the end of this call, um, it makes sense, we'll decide together to get together for an in-person interview. Does that sound fair? Sure. So you said that the main reason you were interested in applying for this position in the first place is blank. And that came from the form. They already filled that out, right? So tell me a little bit more about that. So you're just recalling something they already put in the form. You're, you're seeding them with information they already said. So it's not an ambush. It gives them opportunity to go, yeah, I did say that. And here's why. So once they answer that, that usually takes a couple of minutes. There's probably a little bit back and forth. And then you're going to say something like this. Well, you know, John, the reason we're looking for someone for, to fill this position at this time is, and then you tell the story. Uh, did the last person die? Did the last person get fired? Did the last person quit? Did the last person move? Did the last person do so well he moved up at the company? You've got to fill his role again. Tell the story. You know, the last time I hired an assistant, I had to tell her the story of why I was on my third assistant in three years. And when I told her the story, she's like completely understood what happened. And it wasn't that, you know, I'm a terrible boss and everybody's quitting. There were very specific reasons because at some point she's going to want to know, like, hey, why, why are you hiring this position? So then if you want and it's appropriate at this point and you like John Doe, you can say, hey, the compensation for this position is going to be in the range of, like I said, forty to $60,000. Is that doable for you and your family? Now, the reason you want to ask that question is you don't want this person to continue to pursue this opportunity if they forgot what the pay is. Because you don't want to spend the time with John in your office going over this interview if John can't afford to live on between 40 and 60 or 70 and 80 or 100 and 150, whatever, the, whatever it is. Now, if there's any specific skill, license, certification, physical ability, experience, or other necessary items that would disqualify for someone for this position, you've got to address that right now. You can't let that go. Again, this is just a 15-minute call. This is going pretty fast. So then I would say something like this. What are the top two questions that I can answer for you right now about this opportunity? And whatever they ask, I want you to keep your answers really short to the point. Don't elaborate beyond their specific question. Don't answer questions that they don't ask. That's very, very important. And again, the resource I'm offering you for free at the end of this episode is going to go over this very, very specifically. Now, if the candidate is a match, if John's a good match and you want to invite them for an in-person interview, you need to tell them right now. Say, hey, you know, if, if you're sure that they're a good match, hey, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. And after hearing your answers and evaluating, you know, the, your potential match with the company and the position, uh, I, I think I would like to, you know, I'd, take, I'd like to take some time to invite you in. And uh, let's go ahead and get something scheduled. And get it scheduled right then. Like, pick the time, get it scheduled. Now, what happens, you might be saying, Jason, if they, if John's not a good fit, what do you, what do you say to John at that point? Well, here's what I would say to John. I would say this. You know, John, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. 
Um, after hearing your answers and, uh, and evaluating your potential match for the position and comparing that to other candidates, uh, I don't think it makes sense to move forward at this time. You know, I wish you the best of luck, but I really do thank you for applying for the job. Good luck. That pretty much is going to put the kibosh on all that. You and John get off the phone. You move on with your life. So this 15-minute phone call saves you hours and hours and hours of time. You can get somebody else to do this 15-minute phone call. You don't have to do it. But this 15-minute phone call script that's in this resource that I'm going to be offering you for free at the end of this show is going to show you exactly what to say. Now, let's do a quick review. So step one, you're going to write a great ad. Step two, you're going to come up with a good application form. Step three, you post your ad. Step four, you start getting applications, you review them. And step five is what I like to do is an unscheduled 15-minute call. Now, if you want to schedule, that's up to you, but I like catching them off guard. I feel like that's better. And by the way, if they don't answer, I don't leave a voice message. I text them and I say, hey, this is the real Jason Duncan. You applied for a job with me. Do you have a couple of minutes to chat? And 99% of the time, they're going to call right back. And again, you get them off guard and you can do the same thing. If you have to schedule it for later, not a big deal. Go ahead and schedule it. Uh, step five is the phone call. I'll give you the instructions of the phone call. Now, what's step six? Well, step six is conducting the first in-person interview. And I say the first because there's going to likely to be two if you really are going to do this the right way. So the first in-person interview, uh, you, what you're going to do is you're going to warmly welcome them when they show up. And if they don't show up on time, do not interview them. Send them on their way because tardiness never gets any better. If they're tardy on the first day they meet you, they're never going to get any better from that point forward. So you need to cut those folks loose. But warmly welcome them into your office. Make them feel at ease. Make them feel comfortable. Um, note their time of arrival, of course, as I said, because if they're late, they're going to continually be late. Now, every company has different requirements. So make sure you ask things in this interview that are specifically relevant to your position. Uh, in your company, review their resume just as a, as a perfunctory thing. Hey, you went to school at, at Stanford, you got a degree in uh, biochemistry, you know, you've been working for this, you know, this company for the last eight years. Is, is all that true? Tell me a little bit about that. Now, keep in mind when you're going through this is that skills can be taught, but fit is very difficult. You can't fix fit. If they're not a fit culturally, and they don't fit with your culture or your people and your company, you're not going to be able to fix that later. So I would be willing to forgive a lack of skills as long as they fit. I wouldn't hire someone who had perfect skills and didn't fit. That is, that is a recipe for disaster. And that's a whole nother podcast episode that we could get into. And in step seven, I'll go a little bit more into this culture fitness that we'll, we'll talk about. Um, I have a, an interview questionnaire to guide your interview that's part of the appendix and the free resource I'm going to give you at the end of the show that has a 72 questions that I've collected from entrepreneurs and CEOs over the last decade or so of questions to ask during an interview. And I do something called interview by numbers. And my candidates, I tell you without any exceptions, really enjoy it. And I tell them, hey, I've got 72 questions that I've collected I would like to ask you. And their eyes get really big. It's like, oh, 72 questions is a lot. I said, but we're not going to ask all 72 and you pick the questions that we're going to ask. And they really like that. They're like, okay, what does that mean? I say, well, it's going to be interviewed by numbers. So you pick a number between 172 and I'm going to ask that question. And those questions are all over the board. And you're going to get all 72 of these questions in this free resource. 
um, you know, it, let's say you pick number uh, 36, you know, they, they pick 36. What I would say is, well, why did you pick 36? And they'll tell me why I picked 36. And that gives you a little insight into their personality. And then you ask, ask the question, you go to number 36 and you say, which 36 actually is, who's cheered for you the most? That's it. Very simple. And then they're going to tell you, it gives you insight to who they are. And then you go through that maybe five or six times, usually five or six questions. You've got what you need. And you're going to write down on the back of a piece of paper or back of the resume, the numbers they chose and a brief description of how they answered it. Now, those questions can range from what do you like to eat for breakfast to what is your ideal vacation to what is your top skill? What is the, what's your biggest weakness? Which, you know, those types of things. Now, there are four questions that I ask every single candidate every single time. And I'm going to tell you what those are right now without any, well, without much explanation. And you'll see these in the appendix on the interview questions. Number one is I ask this question, very simple. What do you want? That's it. I don't go, I don't get into any more details than that. If they keep asking me for clarification, I just go back and say, well, what do you want? What do you want? And that gets to their true motivations. What do they really want out of life? Number two, I ask, when and where did that motivation first appear in your life? Now, that, of course, is a follow-up to number one. So what do you want? If they say, well, I want to just spend time with my family. I want to have a secure lifestyle. Well, when did that motivation first show up in your life? And they're going to tell you a story about it. And then the third question I ask is, tell me of a time when someone changed or someone challenged you and you were, in fact, wrong. Now, the reason I ask that question is because if someone can't admit that they're wrong, you're going to be in trouble with that person. I hired somebody who, who didn't have an answer for that one time against my better judgment and had to fire her six weeks later. It was terrible because she never was wrong, ever. She was perfect in every way. So ask that question. When was the time somebody challenged you and you were, in fact, wrong? Fourth question, tell me of a time when someone challenged you and you were, in fact, right. And that tells you how they handle it, you know, when they are right and they're challenged, how they do that. So those are that, that appendix A, the interview questions in this resource are going to be a huge, huge boost for you just in your ability to interview them. Now, when you finish all the questions at the end of the interview, you need to tell them that you're going to take the information that they've shared with you under consideration. You're going to compare it to other potential candidates and get back to them with a certain, within a certain time frame. Don't leave them hanging. Treat them the way you would want to be treated. Thank them for coming in and see them out. And by the way, I plan these in-person interviews for 90 minutes, but I tell them ahead of time, hey, I'm booking it for 90 minutes. We're probably not going to need all 90, but just in case. That way I've got an out if we're 30 minutes in and I know this ain't going to work. I can dismiss them. Or if I need all 90, I can take all 90. Um, now a bonus tip here, and this is actually, I, I, I struggle on whether to put this in as a one of the 10 steps or a bonus tip. And I decided to put it as a bonus tip and that's give them the prospective employee pre-employment assessment. You can use tons of different kinds. I mean, there's culture index, there's a, there's predictive index, there's disc. And the one I particularly like myself is called salestestonline.com. And it's good for sales or non-sales related people or positions. But give them this pre-employment test so that you can review that and it'll give you really big insight. You review it before you meet with them. And you can kind of go over that. Now, I can go into that in more detail. If you ever wanted to book a call with me, I can kind of coach you on what that looks like and how to do it. But that's a little bonus. Now, step seven is the culture check interview. This is interview number two. So assuming John Doe went through the first interview and you liked him, what you do is you want to bring the candidate back and you want to have your team, your core team, or you know a certain number of people from your team, 
help you determine whether they're going to be a good fit. And this is the way that I did it. Now, how you do it is going to be completely up to you. But I would bring in six or seven of my top team members, whether they're department directors, VPs, or 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 whatever. I'd bring them into the conference room, and I would tell them, hey, this is our culture check interview. We're just going to bring John in. We're going to spend no more than 30 minutes with all of us having a chat. You guys are all going to be dismissed, and then I'm going to sit back in here for 30 minutes with John and go over a few things. Now, you've obviously, you need to have checked re references at this point. You don't want to go through this part if you haven't checked references, but call the references. And I got a whole stuff I could teach you on what to say when you call references, uh, which could be something you and I could talk about on the phone if you book a call with me. But, but I, but I, but I would check references and then they come in for the culture check. I would, I would give my team the option, each person to ask one question. It has to be appropriate. It can't break employment, equal employment rules. It could be any question. I mean, I had somebody ask, is a hot dog a sandwich? <laughs> you know, and, and it doesn't matter necessarily, except to the extent that how did that, per, how did John answer the question? Did, was he, was he flabbergasted by it? Was he flummoxed? He didn't know how to answer it. Did he answer it perfectly? Did he laugh? Did he roll with it? Or was he stodgy and offended? They asked such a dumb question. That's going to tell you whether they fit or not. And then you go around the room, let each person ask the candidate one question. The candidate has to answer and then the candidate, you give the candidate an opportunity. Hey, do you have any questions for anybody in the room? And that tells you how the candidate's going to deal with asking people questions that he maybe not be prepared to ask. You can probably tell at the end of that 30 minutes whether this dude's going to fit or not. If he's going to fit, you know, we'll deal with it. If he's not going to fit, you're going to deal with it as well. Dismiss your team. You're sitting there with John. And if you know he's not going to be a fit, you just need to say, John, you know, after having assessing everything. I think you're a great dude. I think you fit really well with what we're asking people to do, but I just don't think that this particular position at this particular time is what we need for you or you need for us. So I wish you the best. If you think he's going to fit, you know, if the team all left, I mean, you know, your team better than anybody. If he's going to fit, then you say, Hey, listen, I think you're, I think you're going to be great here. Um, you got any questions about the position, et cetera. But just in like that first interview, you want to make sure that you give them the opportunity to ask questions and go through the fine details of what the job is going to be. And, you know, when you're done, you're going to know a final decision within a certain time frame. If you're prepared to offer it on the spot, shake his hand and uh, say, hey, man, I think this is going to work. I'll send you a job offer. That's step eight. Step eight is the job offer. And this has to be formal. If you've determined that that candidate is a good fit, they meet all the qualifications, they're a good cultural fit for the company, you need to reach out to them with a formal job offer. It has to be in writing. It has to say title, who they report to. It's got to have their job description. It's got to have their comp plan and when they would potentially start. And then anything else you want to add in there like non-disclosures or non-competes, whatever needs to be in there. And they need to be a, they need to agree and accept it with a signature. And then once they do that, then step nine is the employment agreement which is very similar to the job offer, but the employment agreement has all the technical and legal stuff that they need to agree to. And if they sign it and they accept the employment agreement, um, then, then they're good. And now you're looking at step 10, which is welcome and onboarding. So schedule that first day for John to be on a day when you're going to be there. And you need to make sure you welcome him in because you never get a second chance to make that first impression. He needs to understand that you truly value him as a new team member You've given him time. You have a schedule of what things are going to be, you know, how he's going to be trained over the next two to five days or whatever the time frame is. And of course, they need to know the technology, security protocols, the logins, company policies, 
all that stuff, set them up with HR. Don't just bring John in day one and go, well, have a seat in the conference room and we'll get to you later. That's terrible. It's a terrible impression. It's not good for John. Make sure that first day, treat that employee as they're highly desired and welcome in this new opportunity because that first impression is going to make a huge, huge, huge difference moving forward. So that's my 10 steps to hire new team members. Let me give you a recap of what those look like. They'll be on the screen here too. So step number one is write an ad. Step two, create an application form. Step three, post your ad. Step four, review those applications. Step five, conduct phone calls. Step six, conduct those in-person interviews. Step seven is that culture fit check. And in between those, you, you can give a pre-employment assessment and check references. Step eight, make an offer. Step nine, they need to sign an employment agreement. 100%, don't, don't mess that up. Make sure they sign and accept. And then number 10 is welcome and onboard your new team member. And if you do these 10 steps, you will not only find and hire the right people, you'll be able to onboard them and you'll be able to retain them. If you want a copy of this download, this document, all you have to do is go to therealjasonduncan.com slash hiring, H-I-R-I-N-G therealjasonduncan.com slash hiring. And it'll come straight to your inbox. It's a PDF. Um, I forget how many pages this thing is. It's uh, about seven or eight pages long. Plus it's, no, it's 13 pages long. It's got the, the index in the back for all the employment interview questions. This is a phenomenal resource that I'm offering to you for free. No strings attached. Go to therealjasonduncan.com slash hiring and download your free copy of this resource today. Now, if you want to talk with me, about this. There's going to be an opportunity for you to book a call, but it's not required to get the free document. You get that 100% for free. My goal here on the Root of All Success podcast is to bring you ideas, stories, interviews, and information that help you become more successful as an entrepreneur. It's been my pleasure to talk to you today about the 10 steps to hire new team members. If you have any questions, DM me on LinkedIn or Instagram at the real Jason Duncan. And make sure you subscribe and you've left a review for this podcast. And specifically, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button and hit that bell icon so you're notified because I drop content two or three, sometimes five videos per week, content specifically curated for entrepreneurs just like you. Please tune in again next week when I talk with another entrepreneur about his or her journey to success. Until then, as always, I am the real Jason Duncan and Jesus is King. Attention business owners. Attention business owners. Feeling burnout from running your business? Uncertain if you're nearing burnout? Take our free 10-question business burnout test at businessburnouttest.com to discover where you stand. With just 10 quick questions, you'll learn how to immediately begin making changes to regain freedom and success. Cut your daily operations time in half. Improve your quality of life and prepare your business for your future exit without losing revenue or profit. Visit businessburnouttest.com now and take the test. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Root of All Success with The Real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Follow Jason on social media at The Real Jason Duncan. See you again next time here on The Root of All Success.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.